0: Welcome back to another episode of Ag Watchers. I Thought we'd do a quick update, just the two of us.
1: We'll, we'll make it if we try. <laughs> um, we... It's, it's still, it still doesn't matter how many times you say it. it that song just uh, echoes in my mind when you say it. But I'm going to uh, try and resist the urge to sing, um, given how given how badly our uh, reception was from our from our listeners when I, when we tried to do it last time.
0: Yeah, you know, just just try and keep it professional, above board straight like an arrow so far we're giving a quick update today on uh, what was happening in fertilizer and sheep two big areas that that we've been looking at in the last week and well, for a long time so matt what's happening in sheep some data came yeah. out this week yeah actually
1: the data was out probably uh coming up a fortnight ago now probably by the time this gets uh tidied up and published entry but um it was abs slaughter data for sheep and one of the if those that uh, for me, with some of the things we look at in terms of measurements, so one's the sheep turnoff ratio, which gives us an idea as to how strong uh, the herd, uh, the flock rebuild is, or, or indeed, depending upon what's going on, how how um, the liquidation is going. So at the moment, we're in a pretty significant rebuild of the flock, um, and that sheep turnoff ratio is showing the lowest it's been on record, going back to the 70s, uh, down you know around 8.3 percent um so just it's just indicating that there's a really strong desire to um to rebuild the flock um, and so that was quite quite remarkable and so it's pretty much you know MLA are forecasting the flock to go from 64 million um, to just over 70 million head this year so it's a big jump uh, and the, the strength of the rebuild according so to does, the that, ship.
0: does that mean that there's going to be less sheep sheep to slaughter then so there's less supply um, less supply of sheep meat
1: yeah we have we have seen that we have seen slaughter um if you look at where slaughter's been tracking tracking for the you know the weekly slaughter figures for most of the season we have already seen and 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 progressively over the year mla have been dropping their their slaughter estimates as well so um yeah, we, yeah that's what's kind of been consistent that's that's why we're seeing such tight tight scenario uh with regard to supply so are we um,
0: st- was starting to see that flow through the retail pricing like at the at the calls and Woolies and IGA,
1: uh, not not necessarily, and and look, there there has been a, there still is a little bit of a disconnect there as well, just because the other thing that's been happening in the sheep space is um, over the last five years or, or probably more now than that, coming up nearly ten years, has been that rollout of the robotic cutting and the and the scanning. They do that X-ray scanning, Dexa. So the sheep sector for processing has been quicker at picking that technology up, obviously because it's a smaller smaller um, scale animals. So, smaller so that, beast. That's it. The The technology has been kind of the pickup in the technology has been quicker there. I think it's about, you know, over 20% now of processing within the country in terms of sheep and land processing uses that technology, whereas if you compare it to cattle, cattle still sitting around 8%, 9%. Um, so, you know, that they're getting some efficiency gains in the processing side of it uh, and, you know, better better. Uh, accuracy in the cuts, less wastage, all that kind of stuff. So it's meaning that um, because of those efficiency gains, the the the, the processes in, in that sheep space, sheep and lamb space, are able to um, you know, get more value out of the carcass and not have to pass on any of the um, price price rises they have to pay at the sale yard. They don't have to kind of – that price hasn't flown through the system. So the consumer is, is benefiting from some of, that, um, some of that efficiency gain in terms of price. Uh, you know, not that they would say that, because you know you hear people squealing about a fifty-dollar cost for a Sunday roast lamb leg, but um, you know that's just what it is, I guess. You know, it's good quality meat, and you've got to sometimes pay for it. Um, and that that brings me to the other thing, Andrew, is the um the modelling we just put out uh, today on uh, on lamb pricing into the next year. So, using some of those MLA figures and and some of the other metrics you look at in terms of demand factors from overseas, we can kind of model what we can expect for trade land prices for next year in Australia. And um, this year, the model said we were going to get an average price over the year of about eight twenty cents a kilo carcass weight for, for the ESTLI. Uh, and it's come in at eight sixty three. so the model undercooked it a little bit. Um, but what's shaping up for next year with regards to supply and demand for the market and how the model perceives what's fair value it's actually got the model increasing to 846 average annual price for next year. So we're kind of looking at pretty good pricing for next year. And then 2023 is even stronger at 877 as an annual average price. So it just goes to show that that, that growth in the export markets we've been seeing over the last decade or more, uh, combined with the, you know, the fact that we have had the sheep numbers declining and production declining over you know, the recent times, um, that's kind of been beneficial to the producer. Um, and even now we're going to start to see, but that's
0: based on best, best efforts, best endeavors. So that's based on not being a drought next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And it's, it doesn't look likely we're going to see a drought and it certainly looks like it's going to be pretty wet again, at least for the first half of the year. Um, you know, so, so yeah, climate wise, I think that's, that's still running in the producers favor, um. And even with, even with now we're in a rebuild phase and the flock's starting to grow and we are going to start to see in the next few years increased production based on the back of that bigger flock, um, the increase in supply isn't still going to be enough to, to offset what we're going to see as increased demand because of those growing export markets. So the, the, the kind of longer term outlook for the sheep meat side, for the sheep producer and lamb producer is pretty solid, I think, to the, at least into the middle of this decade.
0: I had uh, I had another piece of news as well. Oh yeah. About, about the sheep industry. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of a bit of nepotism in the industry.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know where you I know where you're going with this one now. Oh Yep.
0: I, I heard I heard had somebody's daughter just got a, a job on a on a sheep farm. Correct. Through through one of our listeners. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. My daughter is um has now entered the sheep industry, sheep and, and uh, it's actually a prime lamb operation. So, um, for those wool wool growers out there, you know, unfortunately for you guys, it's not a young person in the wool game. Uh, she's decided to have a crack at uh, at a prime lamb operation just uh, in the Western District. So she's been. This is a coming up her second week, I think, and absolutely loving it, uh, being involved in the sheep industry. So It'd
0: be handy, you know, having somebody somebody in your family that knows something about agriculture.
1: That's true. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. I'll be able to ask her. She's already been involved in a bit of crutching and a little bit of drenching as well. So, um, I think the drenching was her favorite. She was, she was doing her own recollection of um, how the sheep cough and splutter after they get the drench put in. She said she giggled all day listening to them cough and splutter and gag on the, on the drench. So yeah, she's, she's enjoying it very much. So if, uh, if her particular boss, who I won't name out of privacy reasons, but if he's listening, um, she's she's loving it, absolutely loving it. So you never know, might be another dog leash uh, floating around the agricultural markets in a few more years, mate.
0: Well, you know, and if and if that person's listening, you know, you know, it's always good to reward your staff and give them a big big pay rise. You know, <laughs> second week bonus they've stayed for two weeks. You yeah. know, even of- send home home a Christmas uh, lamb or something. Yes, to a old- Christmas <laughs> ham, <laughs> Christmas lamb back
1: to the you know the parents. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just, uh, and now, what, do you, what about uh, that's enough for the sheep space? What about you? you um, you've done a bit of uh, a look at the had a little bit of a look at the fertilizer price. Yeah, it's well, been- well, you know that we like to
0: look at the fertilizer space. I think it's I think it's important. I think there's. Uh, up until recently, there's not been all that much focus on it. I think a big focus has started since you know the middle of the year when fertilizer prices rose. I think we should be looking at it all the time, which is hence why I've been looking at it for years in my current position and in, in previous positions uh, as, as much as I could at that point or was mm. allowed to. Uh, but no, I did the. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of people listening will know that we do that sort of fair value model in terms of fertilizer pricing into Australia. You know, the re- reason why we do that is so that we can get an element of transparency on, on what fertilizer prices should theoretically be. So maybe explain what that is. It's, it's ultra simple, sounds complex, but basically it is just how much would it cost you to buy at the origin? Uh, so that's publicly transparent available information? How much does it cost to get it on a boat and send it here? How much does it cost to discharge? So it gives you an idea of the spot market. Obviously, there's, there's other factors, other variables that come into play, but it's an indication of what the global market is. Same as with wheat. It's the same as, the, you know, the, you know, if you were doing, you know, working out what the cost of wheat was in Ukraine and shipping it to Indonesia to see if you had good value or not. And that's, that's a discussion for another podcast. Mm.
1: But, the but yeah. the actual level the level surprised you didn't it? you you were crunching what? the numbers and you nearly fell off your chair did you in shock?
0: Yeah, well I, I sort of uh, I looked at it and um, on on Monday it wasn't as bad as you know sitting at my desk last Monday and a big brown snake going by that
1: probably frazzled me a little bit more. Uh, but this was, <laughs> didn't didn't end up with a brown snake into uh, coming out of your pants or something after the, near, the brown enough, snake out the window.
0: Yeah, no, my uh, my my Apple Watch the heart. Heart recorder on that broke because it didn't know it, could, it didn't know you could go to a thousand beats per minute when the brown snake was going past the window that a huge thing still there but we'll find it eventually with a shovel uh but you know, it, it was quite a surprise because you know we were sort of expecting fertilizer prices to I haven't really looked at it in you know a fortnight or so I haven't been taking too much attention on it because I thought we'd I feared we'd overdone it looking at fertilizer in September october. Mm. So it's had a bit of a break, uh, but crikey, the actual, uh, the price of fertilizer. I, I double-checked it, triple-checked it, spoke to one of our, a few of our contacts and friends, got them to sort of give me their views on it. And they were pretty happy that it was a reputable number, but the numbers are huge. Like, you know, we're talking Urea, we're talking a range, 1400 to 1430 Aussie dollars. Mm dap 1450 to 1475 bearing in mind we still got to add on into their margins mm. you know so year that's administration that's, 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 that's your
1: international, base national international kind of base price landed at port in australia right still expensive though mm.
0: you know you mm. probably probably add on i don't know 100 150 dollars
1: a ton on top of that at least and and there's no there's no kind of Real, you know, obvious end in sight in terms of, you know, we're not looking at, oh, in Um, the next few months it's going to start to come off. Or I want want to be positive, you know, Mm -hmm. like
0: everyone, everyone, and everyone who has met me or worked with me knows that I'm a very positive person. Like to look Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely, always look
0: on the bright side of life.
1: Yep, yep. Sometimes, you know, you're so positive that you fail to see the, you know, the the hurdles that might come your way. You just, you know.
0: You know, it's, it's it's all about positivity when it comes from me.
1: Well, the Scots are renowned for being positive. You know, like, look, it's called posi- pos- positive negativity. is what it's called. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. but
0: but yeah, I reckon I reckon that. And I'm going to say this, uh, which is I'll probably be found to be wrong, but looking at fertilizer and looking at it in more depth, fertilizer is just energy. That's all it really is. You know, it's just it's just goal or cast, goal, coal or gas, coal. Or gas, really, mm. uh, and we have started to see a bit of a fall from the peaks. You know, if we look at, you know, coal in China in October, two hundred and sixty-six U.S. dollars a ton. That was a, a record peak. It's dropped down to one ninety-two. I think we've got to bear in mind that's still a very high price, but it's better than it, you know, potentially has been. Mm. And similar with gas, you know, it's gone from five sixty to three ninety so again from you know 12 year records you know skirting close to the average or probably probably still above average but that's in you know i'm going to going to say it's touch wood if that continues to slide if energy slight prices start to slide over the next couple of months that is a positive for fertilizer pricing but to come back to the negative scotsman in me the problem is it's going to be too late for us mm, most likely it, yeah you know, we're coming into the period of time, Jan, Feb, March, when we're going to be buying our fertilizer. If the market does start to slide, I don't think it's going to be reflected in Australia by the time seeding comes. And so I think we just got to, we've got to basically sort of realize that we're going to have high fertilizer prices. Something we've been saying for months, mm. got a plan around that. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty scary prices. A lot of hard decisions will have to be made over the next sort of three or four months. We better farmers mm. were able to just concentrate and harvest. Because the-
1: not Weren you when you on a you on a bit of a, a kind of a round table on fertilizer, where someone was saying their view was that this high fertilizer fertilizer price environment is going to be around for for for, for you know ongoing. You know, is someone along those lines saying. Oh, that I've and- I've
0: heard I've heard both
1: mm-hmm. in recent
0: weeks. Which which both of them surprised me. I've heard that prices will collapse by by January. I can't see that happening. I can't, there's there's no fundamental reason for it to collapse. Yeah, okay, prices could fall, but a collapse, I don't see it. Mm. Conversely, I've heard people saying this is the price that it's going to be forever. Yeah, the new norm. I, I equally think that's as much bunkum.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I think it's just energy prices no return. I do think I've said this before again or repeat myself i think that the fertilizer price will be at risk in the 2030 and beyond because of the fact that we'll be transitioning to green economy and we might find energy prices become a much more expensive thing mm. so i think it's you know i think it's just t- it's going to be a tough year this year and we're just going to have to play with it got no
1: choice mm. yeah i guess so I, um, the um, the other aspect i suppose that farmers can consider like i think you've heard you say before uh, you know to try and minimize some of that cost this year at least is to look at variable rate applications but moving beyond that you know there could be the uh the interest in, in organic fertilizer andrew to, could, you know, could be a,
0: pl- a plug for that although yeah although we've sold out
1: yeah no that's true but i think the, that the of organic fertilizer yeah you, you know.
0: But, but, that's but, the, yeah, but that's where i was heading i caught you on that one before you could say yeah. it but the reality is that i think farmers will have to look at their operation and see what is the best option and i think you know if you've got that crap parcel of land that doesn't is not that productive mm. then maybe you're not going to spend you know big bucks on on fertilizer for that so we'll mm, just see no, so we've got a we're, We've got a couple of guests next week, and then it's a sort of a close down for Christmas. We've got a we've got a whole bunch of events, so we'll probably not be sober for the next two weeks anyway. So probably, likely. Probably. Likely. So, so let's wrap it up there.
1: I think so. I think that's uh, that's as good as point as any to uh, to call it a day, mate. Um, see you when you got nothing on.
0: Ciao for now.